0: Welcome back, I knew you'd come again Coming for to carry me and give me strength once again Give me strength but also give me breath
1: December 3rd, 2002, 9:15 a.m. bitch slap or bust I don't believe for one moment that Willie had any intention of setting foot in New York City again so long as he was recording bitch slap that is who could honestly blame him who knew that out of a city of 11 million people it only took one to make life there so unbearable he couldn't get out of there fast enough Neither could I. Willie must have been very busy lobbying for our return to work in L.A., because I actually got a call from Shorty Pants on Thanksgiving. Where's Willie? Where's Willie? Where's Willie? Shorty? Can I call him Shorty? Didn't even bother with niceties or kibitzing and got right to the crux of the matter. What a surprise. <sighs> the fuck does he want? Hello?
0: I want to know what possible advantage there could be to fucking recording in New York.
1: Why hello shorty pants and how are you? I thought to myself. It was an interesting question. One that I felt would have been better asked before we all got on planes to go there. That is to say the band and the entire crew save one. Still I was being asked a legitimate question and he was obviously looking for some sort of list so that's what I gave him. Uh, hmm, none. I guess I can be fairly persuasive when I want to be, because Willie called me shortly afterwards to powwow about studios. Just in case somehow he was unable to get back into his usual room. Apparently, this was a distinct possibility. So on Friday, I called Ellis at studio referral service, which is a company that basically finds which studios are available at what price range in town, as they all tend to check in with him. After about a half hour of research, Ellis called me back to tell me what studios were available within the specifications that I had given him. Normally, one of those specifications would have been price. But in this particular case, we didn't discuss price. That's because the beautiful Ms. Pennypincher would do the hard-nosed negotiating and she would likely end up costing the band three to five hundred dollars per day too much. You see, studios don't give people like Penny Pincher good deals. For starters, she doesn't have a clue how to ask for a deal. Oh sure, studios will give her what she thinks is a good deal, but the reality of the matter is she's clueless. The studio will quote her twenty five hundred dollars, she'll bitch, and they'll come down three hundred. Before you know it, Bitch Slap will be paying twenty two hundred dollars for a $2,000 a day room that they were paying $1,800 a day for just two months ago. Personally, I choose rooms for a wide variety of reasons. The nearby restaurants, the sound of the recording room, my general comfort there, the console, the mic selection, my mood, and even the service are just a few of the considerations when choosing a room. All of these are important. Still, It's the people at the studio who make the experience enjoyable. If I'm stuck in the control room for hours on end with Bitch Slap, I certainly don't want to take the opportunity to escape their pleasant company, only to be confronted with yet more despicable and useless people. The quality of the people in a studio is a direct reflection of the traffic manager. If the traffic manager is cool, the staff will generally be cool. If the traffic manager is aloof, the staff will generally be aloof. If the traffic manager has a good sense of humor, the staff will have a good sense of humor. There will be a test on this later, so do pay attention. One of my favorite rooms is run by Connie Carrot, and she happens to be a good friend of mine. Connie runs a tight ship. Her staff, particularly the runners, will go way above and beyond the call of duty for a client. I've called Connie Carrot's studio and asked the runners to do a run for me while I was working at another studio, and they've done it. Can you imagine that? Hey, this is Mixerman. Could you pick me up some Starbucks and bring it to me at this other studio that I'm working at? Now, I've only done that once late at night, and I'm quite sure I couldn't get away with that very often or if they happen to be busy. But if you're a record maker and you want to see how good a client the studio considers you, try that one. Then you'll know. Probably the most compelling reason for choosing a room is the room itself. The room plays an enormous role in recording and it is probably the most underrated aspect of same. I could put the identical drum set with the identical drummer on the same day in two different rooms, and the difference in drum sound will be staggering. The room is absolutely critical to the recording, since the microphones are picking up the sound waves as they are excited within the room. Makes sense, right? So if the drums sound like shit in the room, they're generally going to sound like shit on the microphones. Setting aside the overall subjective quality of a room's sound, there is also the decay time of a room to consider. For a rock recording, one generally wants a room that has some decay time to it. We call this live. A room that has no decay time to it whatsoever is called dead. If you've ever walked into an apartment or house with no carpeting or furniture in it, then you've likely experienced a live room. Size and building materials are the biggest factors in how live a room sounds. The building materials are referred to as the treatment of the room. An enormous room made completely of concrete will have an enormous decay time. A parking garage would be a good example of this. A smallish room with carpeting on the floors, walls, and ceilings will have almost no decay time. Typically, rooms are treated with more than one building material so as to have a certain sound to it. Rooms that have wood floors sound different from rooms with tile floors. Acoustical tile on the walls will react differently from carpeting. There are so many variables that go into creating a good-sounding acoustical space that I couldn't possibly even scratch the surface in this diary. Suffice it to say, even acoustical experts don't have it figured out yet. You see, there is a certain hit-or-miss aspect to the designing of a room, regardless of one's expertise in acoustical spaces. It's impossible to predict how good a room will actually sound until the room is completed, making planning for such activities a bit sketchy at best. Acoustics are far too complex for one to predict a result with absolute certainty, especially given the typical limitations on space. Although the goal of any great room designer is to achieve a magical recording space, the results rarely hit the mark. But then, isn't that always the way with magical? Connie Carrot certainly had a magical room, a room that I've recorded countless records in. But sometimes, one must make compromises in one category for the sake of another category. It was Willie's feeling that the control room wasn't big enough for Bitch Slap, which to me was an advantage, as it might keep the members of Bitch Slap out of the control room. But this was Willie's show, and Willie was desirous to work at the other room on the short list, which was no surprise to me for this was Willie's room, the room where it all began. Yes, the L.A. womb had become miraculously available to us, most assuredly due to Willie's tremendous pull with Magnolia. I assure you, twelve hours of penny-pinchers berating couldn't match one of Willie's tiny little Could you do me a favor? requests... I'm quite sure that Magnolia will jump through any number of hazardous hoops in order to keep Willie in the womb. I can certainly understand why Willie likes working at the womb. Magnolia is friends with Willie, just as I am friends with Connie, and she makes sure that he's comfortable. I'd even be willing to bet that Willie could call from another studio and get coffee delivered to him, which is now my barometer for one's importance as a client. The womb also happens to be a place where the band is comfortable working, and believe me, it's always advantageous to have the band and the producer comfortable. Hell, I can't think of a more comfortable womb anywhere. So starting Wednesday, I am to set up to record Bitch Slap yet again. I still don't know who will assist me in this setup. Regardless, I have been assured by Willie that this is the last time I'll have to do a full day's setup on these sessions. I have accepted those terms wholeheartedly. For this time, it's bitch slap or bust.
0: Mixerman